Darn it, I'm confused. Practical effects versus digital effects. Aren't those just different names for the same thing? Is all this just mumbo jumbo or is there really a significant difference between the two? I have to know, don't you? Well, stay tuned because in this episode, number 2136, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will answer the commonly asked question, what's the difference between practical effects and digital effects on the CG Bros CG Insider podcast? Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we're going to be answering the question submitted by Brad C. from San Diego, uh, California, by the way, uh, on our Ask Us Anything page at the website, uh, cgbros.com. What's the difference between practical effects and digital effects? Great question, Brad. Um, by the end of our podcast today, not only will you learn what practical and digital effects are, but You'll also learn a little bit of background and some history behind them as well and how, how we got to where we are today. We'll also be discussing some of the differences between them as well as the pros and cons of each. And make sure you stay tuned to the end of our podcast. We'll be uh, speaking about, uh, we'll be actually revealing some uh, certificate achievements uh, for our YouTube channel. So really exciting today. Um, I'm Sean Johnson, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm uh, Sean's brother, Bill. And we are the CG Bros. So let's go. Uh, what are uh, what are the practical? What are practical VFX and what are digital effects? That's a that's that's a great question. Uh, thanks, Brad. Uh, well, thank you, you know, uh, from the earliest days of cinema and movie making, uh, effects have been a big draw for audiences of both you know big and small and all all ages. Uh, you know, they wowed crowds, uh, you know, with romantic images of trains pulling into stations and horses, uh, you know, running, wow. uh, chasing Indians and all that stuff. It, it just, it, it, but, but it was really the fantastical that made, uh, that, that fired the, the imaginations of millions of people and, and led to the films as we know it today. And so, you know, these narrative flights of fancy, which entertained and, and, and made us gasp for over a hundred years, aren't, don't really hold up as well anymore. And, 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 and the, the last 25 years have seen a real uh, uh, trend for practical effects anyway, as they've been traditionally known and, and uh, we've all come to love them, uh, kind of fall by the wayside. Yes, and uh, you know, in film and TV, uh, practical effects is a special effect produced physically on set with, uh, com- without computer generated imagery or other post-production techniques. It's usually done that way. Um, non-human characters and creatures are produced with makeup prosthetics, masks, uh, puppets, pyrotechnics, animatronics, and live action weather elements uh, using, you know, wind, giant fans, uh, rain towers or sprinkler systems for, um, for water, uh, fog machines, uh, snow machines to create falling snow and that kind of thing. So that's basically what practical effects are traditionally. Yes. And I'd like to take a moment just to clear up a little bit of the terminology, you know, you're, we're talking about practical effects and you know, there's you, people have talked about special effects and there's visual effects and there's digital effects. Um, you know, what we're calling practical effects in our discussion today is this was commonly called special effects. Um, right. Uh, and so special effects and practical effects are, are basically the same thing. And similarly, uh, what we're calling digital effects in our, in our discussion today are called visual effects uh, in most circles. So, so uh, this is all of them, right? Yeah, and in hindsight, we should have probably named. Well, no, the more more the digital effects, but you know, we probably should have named this podcast. What's the difference between practical effects and visual effects, or mm-hmm. or VFX? Right. But um, well, would that make practical effects PFX? 
I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Probably, so, yeah. so, so what are practical effects anyway? Simply put, they're, they're anything that can be added to the camera's view during what's called uh, principal photography, um, which was basically something that wouldn't be in the camera's view on its own. Um, uh, uh, and, and generally, you know, other, uh, it, it's, it's what might be produced by hand, you know, as opposed to a computer or some other, other means. If you can produce it by hand, it's, you know, in a general sense or a wider sense, it's called a practical effect, you know, like compositing and, and, and other kind of uh, little tricks. Yes, and all, all um, effects was done before uh, digital, uh, the ability to use computers that had software and hardware that could actually run and, and, and uh, make effects uh, and you could edit effects was all done practically. So until the, until the computers got up to, um, you know, powerful uh, that we had the powerful, the powerful ones we have today. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what uh, is, is launched all the digital versus practical effects um, nonsense, <laughs> kind of like nonsense in the world where they, they pit them against each other. Uh, I don't, I don't really agree that they, they should be pitted against each other. Cause uh, I think they could be used together. Uh, very. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really great. You're getting ahead of us, Sean. I think, <laughs> I think, well, some, some, some great examples of, of uh, practical effects and you've probably seen them as, as you know, sp- you know, sprinklers used to create rain effects and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe rolling background haze or, or smog from a fog machine or something or atmospheric lighting or pyrotechnics and, or explosions that, you know, are placed out there in the scenery and, and, and so forth. But, you know, even stuntmen falling off of buildings or, or, you know, falling out of helicopters or cars, you know, jumping or crashing are, are considered, you know, anything in the camera is considered a practical effect. So, you know, um, you know, just that, that's kind of how we might differentiate some, some, of, some, of, uh, how, you know, the differences between practical and digital effects. So, um, you know, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say just some of the, you know, basically the, the history of, of, of a lot of brief history of some of that practical effects. Um, you know, we mentioned some of the previous podcasts where Ray Harryhausen, you know, you did stop motion animation, integrating that into your live act- action uh, scenes. Um, and then, of course, uh, you've got Star Wars, you know, when they use miniatures in the beginning, you know, uh, episode four. A lot of miniatures there. In fact, there's a there's a ton of uh, VFX that was done that's that spawned because of that film spawned uh, Industrial Light and Magic. So they had a lot of effects also that um, were really done um, uh, not necessarily on the computer, but uh, they had computer controlled um, rigs and things like that for camera moves. So a lot of that um, came out of that. Yes, and, pra- and practical effects can also be achieved through the creative practice of actually cutting and slicing of the film itself. And, and through the use of matte paintings, we've talked about that, I yes. think, in our more in depth in our uh, podcast. Was it uh, what is matte painting? I think it was 2119. But uh, yeah, check that out for a little more, a little more information on that. But, you know, like you said, they can be used, uh, achieved through the use of miniatures and cable harness and rigs and to, to like make people fly. And, you know, we, we've seen that. And, you know, the really interesting things uh, about this is, is it, it's, it really differentiated itself from the, from the, what was at the day at the, at least at the early times? What were stage uh, stage setups? You know, uh, like uh, uh, at, at a theater. You know, mm-hmm. and you know you can see through all those. There was nothing real about those. And so, you know, the invention of practical effects really uh, spurred on an entire industry and and really really inspired millions of people to 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 move from just you know depictions of their everyday life into you know more you know, dramatic and, 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 uh, fantastical visions, uh, uh, and storylines. 
Yeah, they're all about suspension of disbelief. You know, a lot of those, unless they're done so seamlessly that you don't recognize that they're actual uh, effects and they look so realistic that you you can't tell the difference. Either either one, you know, uh, whether it's practical or um, CG based. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, just just so people can get a, a perspective, if you don't mind, Sean, I'd like to go ahead and, and show a, a uh, just a quick, oh, I don't know, uh, film on on how this was this was uh, this was a piece. It's called A Trip to the Moon, and it was it was one of the, it was made in 1902, I think it is. I'll have to check my notes, but you know, it, I've seen it, uh, and people may have seen it a, a, a bunch of times as well. So um, it's it's really one of the first VFX uh, movies that really inspired uh, the, the general public. And so basically, here's a, a shot of the 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 all the professors, and they're saying, "Oh, we can we can you know the well-to-do's re- intellectuals, we can go to the moon, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so uh, you know they they come up and they start uh, building the the capsules, space capsule. I mean. What? What is this? People, this is this is this is fantasy. People were not even used to any kind of this fantasy stuff, and so here they are, uh, you know, getting into the capsule. All the all the, the professors. It's a giant they, bullet. <laughs> it's a giant, dang bullet, and exactly, and you know, just that they. Oh, sorry, but basically, they you know, you've got these pretty pretty uh, assistants loading the shell into this giant cannon, which is going to blast it off to the moon. I mean, this, you know, and it does speak to the the air of the times, you know, this was, uh, you know, things were a lot different back then. And um, it, it was a very free, freewheeling atmosphere, but you, you can see they're getting ready to you know, blast the moon. And so the guys are ready to go. They've got the giant thing. Uh, they, they load it up. He loads the thing, shoots it off and boom, there it goes to the moon. Wow. What's going on with your character? Oh, shoot. My character is bending out. There we go. <laughs> That's painful. Thank you. No, you know, when I, when I, you know, that's another, that's a, that's a great, that's one of the problems that uh, comes with uh, real time tracking, uh, character tracking. We, we talked about that in the past, but right. you know, okay. So the, the spaceship's landing, you know, hits the moon, com- comes in. You know, uh, the professors get out. They landed successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I've seen that a lot, of, uh, a lot of reference to that over the years. Yeah. That's pretty impressive for the time. Yeah, they meet some aliens. Uh, where that they get? They, yeah, they, the aliens come out. Oh, and this is this is really one of the. Here's an illustration of where they use the you know a cutting of the, of the scenes where this alien comes over here and the guy stabs him with a with an umbrella and and watch him just poof away. This is where they actually just used cuts, you know, uh, to to you know they stop the camera and start it right there, gone, poofed it, kind of kind of magical effects, you know, and it and it goes through. Yeah, it's very. So that's how the uh, so they get captured and brought into the alien thing. It's very reminiscent reminiscent of Star Wars, actually. If you if you watch it, I think I'd recommend anybody to go watch this. But anyway, they, they end up escaping. Uh, there's another one. Uh, aliens getting killed there, but they end up escaping, jumping back into the capsule. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collapsing down into the water, they they make it back from the moon. Come back, they're cheered on as saviors, and the scientist gets a giant. Uh, plaque of himself at the end. So it's just very, um, I mean, Culture. that, but you know, the, the interesting thing about this was, uh, you know, when they made this initially, the, the, the real, the real thing was pe- people were used to uh, 
you know, they weren't used to seeing, they were used to seeing the real side of life, you know, depicted in film. And so Malays, who's the producer of that film, he basically with this film showed that you could create a fantastical life on film using practical effects tricks, you know, blending these, you know, practical effects together to make a compelling story. And, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of what we call today as a standard visual film narrative, but he, he proved, uh, Malays did, that movie making was both more believable and more natural, uh, uh, home as i was mentioning before than the stage of theater because you know it's theater you could you know none of the effects are real and you could see it it was really fake but uh as soon as this film came out the public clamored for more fantastical content they didn't want to seal they you know they wanted escapism i guess i guess this was the real beginning of escapism yeah in, i guess it would you say that's almost kind of like a, sci- a first sci-fi film wouldn't you say it was and it looks kind of funky to us yeah it looks kind of funky to us now but um, you know, he created the first blockbuster as we know it. I mean, it, it was so popular in the day. You know, people don't realize, you know, what I'm showing you, we're, we're here laughing and saying, oh, my God, look at that. But no, that, that was the that was the first VFX blockbuster uh, in, in, in the history of civilization. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's pretty impressive stuff uh, for that. Like I said, for that time. Well, yeah, and it, and, it, and it becomes more impressive uh, as the decades go on. I mean, it, you know, as stunts got more dangerous and and explosions got bigger, you know, they had to kind of, you know, work with that. I mean, it, it's we don't want to lose people's lives like in the Twilight Zone. Definitely. Do you have any other examples from that time period, or uh, well, you, you know, know I, kind of move it up towards towards well, uh, uh, you know almost well to the eighties. What do you think about that? Go to the eighties. Well, you know, I, I do, and and. Uh, well, thanks for asking, Sean. That's very kind of you. I, I, I there's a, there's a couple Im- movies that really stuck with me. I, I really like The Fly. Uh, the Fly to me, it, it was, it's such a tragedy, you know. And I, and I remember watching uh, uh, the the, you know, the original. The original, you know, I, it was with Vincent Price and, and David Edison. He was the scientist, and his name was Andre. Andre. Um, but he he was he also played Captain Lee Crane from Boys um, yeah. to the Bottom of the Sea. Exactly, right. uh, it was just a great uh, uh, movie altogether. And then and then they remade. Well, they didn't remake it, but they they did the Fly too, like Son of the Fly. Mm-hmm. And the, this kind of represent this is the new new creature. He's kind of a hybrid uh, fly creature. Um, and uh, those that, that this was yeah, one was of my Jeff favorite Goldblum movies. In that, that movie that that the color you know the 1980s v- version of it was uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, this one right here, exactly. And then, of course, you know, my my cult favorites is the, the Terminator, and uh, that represents uh, that um, amazing. So, yeah. And, oh, and the and Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth was was you know it was so fantastic. You know, it's before the time of CG, and I and I really you got to really appreciate the art and craft of some of these creatures. I mean, look at that. That's that's that 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 creeped me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that, uh, that is creepy. Yeah, of course, there's bad examples too. You know, Jaws, whatever. I mean, the movie was pretty good, but the but I'll tell you what, that the uh, the practical effects uh, of this were were pretty pretty terrible. Well, look uh, at that that shark compared outside. to this shark here. Look at that shark. That's a, that's the CG shark. But we won't go into that. We won't go into that yet. <laughs> well, I mean, my, some of my favorites: uh, American Wolf of London, of course, The Howling. Uh, altered states, I think, was pretty impressive to me. Um, I think, obviously, you know, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan when uh, they had a, a computer-generated scene. Uh, but I would, you know, sticking to the the practical effects, I don't, I don't think anything that that kind of disturbed me as much as is, uh, I think, American Werewolf in London. I just, I was pretty impressed by that. 
visually. Um, and and um, I think it was rated R at the time and I was very young. So it was um, dating myself, of course, but it was uh, pretty, uh, pretty scary to me at that time. Um, do you have a video of that or do you want me to go ahead and show just a, a quick? Um, yeah, I, th I think actually, I, I, no, oh, I do have a quick video that we could probably take a quick look through and, and uh, run oh, through yeah. and maybe uh, the painful talk stretching about. hand. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So, so let me go ahead and start this up. And so basically, uh, Jack, his name was uh, Jack, and he, he he finds out that he's a werewolf, and you see him going through some excruciating pain. And this is all practical effects here. And 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 look at the realism here. I mean, he's got that's one thing that digital can't do. And I we're going to actually do a podcast in the near future uh, that talks about you know the different and, and compares and contrasts the different uh, effects used to create werewolf transitions. Uh, so be sure you don't miss that one. That one's going to be coming up in the near future. Uh, yes, that, that'll be a good one as well. Uh, look at that, uh, where the, the spine comes up through and then he's got his, his shoulders coming in he's sitting there screaming and yelling, <laughs> writhing in pain. Well, you know, always, it's, it, you know, it's funny. It's just real quick. They always show that. Then um, I remember I mentioned this in another podcast where they show that he looks up after he flips over on his back, he looks at the, the, uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, there's a Mickey Mouse just sitting there and you're like, what? Oh yeah, 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 exactly. In it, innocent, exactly. And you know, this it's funny is the Academy decided to recognize, you know, the 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 cool and growing trend for revolutionary effects like this uh, by introducing a category for best makeup effects in 1981. And of course, this movie won that award. Um, you know, and and at least for 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 me, even after 30 years, it's still among the greatest werewolf scenes in in movie history. Why? Not, yeah. Well, because it feels. It feels just as it's disturbing. It's it's just as real and disturbing as, as the day I saw it. So it's got a grittiness and like a realness that CG transformations just don't have or haven't been able to capture, at least anyway, to, to my satisfaction. But uh, you know, like you said, the bones popping and crunching were, were pretty nice. And here's the final final effect, this final final CG character. Well, it's actually it's not CG character. It's me. Well, his name is, his, character. You said his name is uh, Jack. His name is David. Oh, excuse me, David, and his friend was Jack. Yeah, the yeah, guy his best his best friend was Jack. You. I didn't mean to call you meatloaf Jack in the middle of that one. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. That's, that was such a great scene, Sean. Well, that's John Landis directed that. So he, of course, later on directed the uh, Michael Jackson uh, video, of course, that, that uh, everybody knows. So I won't, I won't name it. Sorry um, for misspeaking. What's that? No, no, that's, that's totally okay. So, so that was an interesting uh, visual of the practical effects of American world from London, but look at this one here. So this is this is a CG version of the Wolfman in 2010. Uh, that that one actually, I think uh, this the changing scene in when the doctors ex, you know explaining to all the other doctors, oh, it's a figment of his imagination, and we're going to lock him in this chair, and he says, "I will kill you all." Oh, that's John Carpenter's uh, film, right? No, 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 no. That was uh, who did that? I don't know who actually directed that one, but that one. Um, was really really uh, impressive with the with the. Did you ever see that movie? Which one? The Wolfman, twenty ten. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the thing. Oh no, no, no. I, I haven't gotten to that one. You're you're going. Oh, I'm, so, you're I, going, I'm way ahead of things. You're All right. Ahead. Now you're blowing everything. I was going to say. <laughs> well, I mean, I can since you already since you mentioned it. Why don't I just go into it? Okay. Um, that of course, the thing was probably my all time favorite. I can still watch that today, and that that still visually holds up to me. The, the acting, of course, the story is fantastic. Um, I, you know, the, the remake, mm, disappointing. 
uh, disappointing for me anyway. Uh, the, the visuals, there's something about, to me, there's something about practical effects that's disturbing. Uh, it's a visceral feeling I get when I watch the you ones know, that have practical effects. In I'll tell you, I'll tell you. How about this one? This is, this is the thing that I wanted to show you. This is the one that was just redone, the newer version, updated version, which takes place before um, the one that we saw back in the, that was made back in the 80s. Um, so the prequel to the actual thing. And this is, this is, if I wish I could show it in larger format right now, but I can't, it is the CG when it comes out of his chest right there. um, Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't quite, it looks synthetic. It doesn't look like it's really part. And the, and the way that his, the side of his face is, or it's split does not look um, I don't know. It doesn't look as real as it could be. It looks kind of, um, well, what would you say? It just, it looks almost painted on. Yeah. Prosthetic, if you will. But I mean, even a prosthetic, it almost yeah, it, it's a two D. It, it's almost it's, like a two D effect. It, it's composite, yeah, because the, the yeah the subsurface scattering isn't isn't correct. You you right. look at the skin tones; they're not correct. I mean, one it looks like one is transparent, slightly translucent, and the other isn't. That's all. Right, right. It's different. And then this, of course, this is uh, one of the characters or creatures, the the thing that comes over and it and it comes over and it was a dis- this was a disturbing scene too. I think uh, CG wise, I thought they did a pretty good job on this scene. Um, where uh, the face um, molds with his face and they become two, ooh, or become one actually from two. It was really, really creepy. Now, this was the remake to the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the prequel. Okay. It's oh, the prequel. Place okay. Before what happened before it actually. Um, gotcha, gotcha. In the first movie, yeah. So uh, that was pretty impressive stuff. So you want to get into some more of the, you want to get into the digital effects? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I, okay, I'd say well, uh, you know, uh, as far as you know, what, what are digital effects? We, we're kind of uh, you know, we, we've been taking a good look at some examples, and we're we're really losing some time here. I can't believe we we, we should make this an hour long podcast. I um, well, digital effects or visual effects. Go ahead. I, I'm I was going to say, well, CGI simply, and we've talked about yeah. it in other podcasts. It encompasses everything that's digitally created. Yeah, basically anything done in the computer. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So so. Uh, you know, for, you know, CG artists, you know, change the color of the skies or while, while others use, um, you know, motion capture and CGI to create, you know, to enhance and, and, and use matte paintings and, and uh, other techniques to, to enhance digital environments, the whole process. I mean, even down to color creation, uh, correction and, and grading, um, even, even processing the video for 3D uh, glasses. Is is all done as well as all part of that visual effects. I mean, they're all, they're, you know, since even today, uh, you just don't see it at the movies anymore. You can actually see it in different formats, you know, three D, and you can see it, uh, yeah, in, in Blu Ray and, and different resolutions. So, I mean, these things are processed significantly even after they're completed. Right, three D models, two D models, particles, animation, physical simulations of muscles, skin, fluids, uh, gas, gases, hair, fur, destructible objects. Those kind of things are all digitally done. You're either doing done on the computer in post, or um, they're doing. Um, well, yeah, there are basically done in post. They're not doing done live um, right now, anyway. Um, unless you're doing, I guess, a virtual production where you're using VR. Um, then it would be live. Sure. That's what we're talking about, film, TV, commercials, things like that. Yes, and a lot of people ask, you know, well, what, what, what is the line between uh, practical effects and 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 digital effects or, or, or just VFX, if you will? And, you know, it, I, for me, it was the release of Star Wars in 1977 where, you know, I, I'd never seen such breathtaking effects, you know, that, 
it, it was so unique to the time. Um, you know, I, I just never seen anything like it. You know, I was I grew up with you know Star Trek and and some of the you know UFO and and Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. And when I saw Star Wars, you know, when they did their their computerized camera tracking, uh, you know, uh, along with you know computerized, you know, basically they they used a, a, a computer animated camera to to shoot multiple uh, shots and then they composite them together. Uh, and it just looked like, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it and ne neither had the industry. It really, I think it, well, maybe it wasn't that point, it, but it, it was close. And then when Jurassic Park came along, I think that that marked the departure, uh, I think for, for good. <laughs> well, I also think that that's, that was a great, um, they complemented each other. They used practical effects um, as well as um, CGI. And so I think those those really melded together very very well. I thought that was really good. And then some uh, one of the, the the most current films that I thought was really is, was Mad Max Fury Road. I thought a lot of the the uh, practical effects they did in that film, uh, along with the CGI, was was ex probably one of the best that I've seen in a in a long time. Um, that, you know, it it really is you know. Based on what the story dictates, uh, is the, it determines what VFX is used, whether you're using practical uh, or CGI. Because normally, when you have a film that's based in reality, you're going to be using practical effects because your eye is going to be ready for that and it's going to see it. And it's going to it's going to give you a um, a real grounded feel. Versus, you know, for example, if you're you're flying around in in a mech suit. Uh, like Iron Man or in the DC Universe movies, fighting in the air, you're gonna you we can't design that practically to make it look right, um, and so you have to in CG you you know it's CG in your mind, and so uh, that's what I was saying. It, it can be it can be overused too. CGI can be definitely overused for um, it can be a like the the latest Lion King movie. It kind of um, you know it's computerized, so the the overall impact of the movie is not as as it would be uh if it, if you didn't know it was cgi you know it so you kind of i don't know i think so many people are so savvy today that it's just uh well you you talked you, you talked about mad max i mean th there were two thousand digital effect shots in that movie uh but uh you know practical effects uh excuse me uh, computer, uh, practical effects account for 90 percent of those 10 percent were, were digital effects so and you uh, can tell, and you can tell when those things were, those cars are flipping over and they're blowing up. I mean, you should see, see the behind the scenes in that movie. They're actually moving with like multiple people on this big rig that's driving and the director's on this, this platform <laughs> together with all these people. I mean, there's probably 10 or 12 or maybe even more people, maybe 20 people. And it's moving across the desert. It's crazy. It's like a yeah, big stage. It, you know, it's it, absolutely. And on what, you know, one hand you were talking about, like, you know, practical effects is, you know, there's nothing like when a real actor is facing you know, like a, a real explosion or running through real fire with smoke and, you know, smoke in their face. And, and it, you know, it not only does it, it look fantastic in, in the camera's eye, mm -hmm. but the, but the actor's performance feels more real. So, you know, it's because it is, you know, he's shooting in a live action scene. So, you know, he pro produces real uh, emotions, you know, that, that are associated with those, but, you know, like you said, on the other hand, you know, visual effects, you know, they've, they've allowed us to visualize just, you know, things, you know, people, places and things that they've taken us to worlds that are, you know, so amazing and have such exquisite detail and realism. Uh, yeah. Exactly. You know, that, that just traditional effects just aren't capable of. So th that that's really pushing the, 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 the envelope for, for VFX production generally. Yes. And as to dovetail on what you just said, 
why use CGI? Well, uh, you know, if you're using CGI, like you said, the environments, you know, are either too difficult or too dangerous. Like you said, walking through fire and explosions is very dangerous. So, you know, that's where you'd want to use CGI and, and augment the story uh, by, by keeping your uh, actors and your stunt people uh, safe. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, practical effects are like, I think people are starting to get uh, digital uh, burnout uh, yeah. called CG burnout, you know, where, where right. you know, audiences, audience feel like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they just don't quite believe what they're seeing, you know? And, and, and I have to admit, um, you know, on these, some of these big action scenes that I've seen in Mar- some of these Marvel movies, you know, I, they're so big and they lack, they just lack the stakes I need to, to have a human or emotional uh, involvement, you know, with, with, with these characters or, or with what's going on here. And unfortunately, I think, you know, hopefully they're learning and they're, they're backing off on that because, you know, when you, when you know you're watching CG actors, do you really care about them or you, do you really invest emotionally in them? I mean, I, what, you know, what was that uh, Alita mm-hmm. uh, battle, battle angel? I, I really tried. I mean, the performance was good. Technically her performance was, was excellent, but. And the CGI was fantastic. And the CGI was fantastic. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, I, I just had a little trouble relating to the character. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think the millennials are starting to reject maybe some of those things in the digital realm, you know, where we're also inundated with our, analog, you know, our digital excuse me, experiences, you know, that, right. you know, some millennials are go, they're buying vinyl records or they're, you know, buying paper books again. I mean, imagine that, um, right. Etsy's I mean, booming and stuff like that. So the other, yeah. the other side of that is, you know, multi, you know, how do you how do you practically do a multi limb creature? Um, or let's say you, here's a, here's an example: uh, Hulk as Lou Ferrigno, or the CGI Hulk um, Mark Ruffalo from the Avengers. Which one looks better? So I mean, there's you know those those kind of things. Uh, or Godzilla, right? When we used to watch when we were little kids, uh, watching Godzilla King Kong, and you're sitting there looking at a a person in a in a suit, a, a costume. Versus what we're seeing now with CGI, seeing Godzilla with it's got fire coming out of its mouth and real, you know, that looks like real fire. And you oh, Pacific it. Rim. Oh, I love that. Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Ape, ape suit um, versus King Kong today is is, is amazingly different. So you, those kind of things and dinosaurs, of course, Jurassic Park. You could do some practical stuff, but having them run across the the uh, plains is not going to be as good. And uh, if it's uh, practically done, sure. So. Uh, you're get winding up uh, to the end of the podcast. Do you have any last words uh, on, on this? Well, yeah. Subject? So in the end, it's the quality of the movie and the skillful use of either practical VFX or digital effects, which, like I said, enhances the story uh, is really the only thing that matters. And, you know, finally, the only thing that really matters after that is the audience, right? The audience will definitely sure, always have the final say as far as that goes with their pocketbook. Yeah, not everything, you know, in the end should be computer generated. I mean, not, not everything should be done practically. It's just like you said, it's a balance. And we've talked about this before, the right tool for the right job. I think, you know, the purpose of the the, the effects industry as a whole, as, as we alluded to in general, is to allow for the suspension of disbelief, to allow, right. you know, you to go to a place that, you know, to escape, if you will. You know, I mean, there's a, I don't know who quoted this, but it's a famous quote by a famous person. I don't know. I should probably look it up. But excuse me, there's Google. But, you know. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, I think that's pretty good advice. I agree. I agree. Well, we could talk forever on this. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, we we'd like to take examples up, we could bring. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a couple minutes and and talk about the achievement certificates for August. Uh, you know, we take a couple. You know, we want to recognize some of the great achievements made by uh, some of the new media producers and their uh, you know with their short films on our channel. 
So yeah, within the last 30 days, we've had the honor of uh, awarding three amazing short films that have achieved and surpassed the 1 million view milestone on the CG Rose YouTube channel. 1 million views. Our our coveted 1 million view official CG Bros recognition of achievement certificate. So once you once you name those off, absolutely. You know we're real proud of these these works and these artists. So the first one is uh, by Roof Studio. Uh, Roof Studio uh, made a short film called Unbreakable, and they they're receiving one of our one million uh, views achievement awards. And it's about an adorable plush toy fabricated in a magical factory. Um, it's uh, you know she. She comes to life and realizes that something's not quite right. And we follow her journey across the city to a sweet toy repair shop owner who knows exactly what to do. Uh, let me show a couple of images real quick from that yeah, video. I don't have that. a, I don't have a, um, since you're across the city, I want to see it. You know, I'll tell you what, technology is wonderful, isn't it? So it, is. so, and it works so, well and, and it doesn't boot you out <laughs> in the middle of a podcast. Let's see if this works. Um, okay, I'm going to try to share this image. You uh, let's see if let's see if this all. Oh, this is not going to go well. I have a feeling. You sure? Gonna, yeah, it's not going to go well. It's going to show my alien creature. That's all right. Okay. So all right. So here. So here we go. There, no, that's not it. All right. So here's the first image uh, for this video. It's really you know what I really liked about this video is the the really picturesque styling uh, of it is just, just gorgeous. The lighting that's coming through, just just fantastic. Here's, here's a couple uh, city scenes. They really took the time to really stylize this. It, it, it almost looks like a, uh, I'd say it's a French, uh, downtown French uh, street. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, very, the color and the lighting is amazing. Absolutely. Here's yeah, another, another very example realistic. of that. A lot of warm really, colors. I mean, look at the detail. I mean, they're, they're so ornate and, and some, some really nice uh, details in the windowing. Um, just, just tremendous. And oh, here's the lovable character, of course. And, uh, you know, this is a heartwarming piece. When I showed it to my wife, uh, she, she cried. So I, I'd recommend uh, checking, uh, that one yeah, it's out. It's really, 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 uh, heartwarming. Uh, the second one, uh, second, uh, 1 million viewer was, uh, from, uh, Ritzy animation, excuse me, 1 million certificate achievement award winner was Ritzy animation studio with their short film red. And that's, that's about uh, a short film about a, a Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, as you've never seen him before. It's uh, He was once a legend and a hero and a leader of the pack, and now he lives alone in a trailer on the outskirts of the North Pole. Until one day, he's watching TV, and he uh, sees a pretty nasty documentary about himself and decides to make the ultimate comeback and reclaim his spot as the king <laughs> of the reindeer. So let me show you a couple of those uh, images right there. Uh, this is him relaxing, thinking every, the world is great enjoying his, all his uh, things of the past. But then he hears the report on the news and he just gets into action. He starts pulling boulders and he starts doing uh, workouts and, and ramming trees. It's, it's just a really cute video. And that ra- just, the reindeer is huge. He's, he's yeah, he, massively buff. Yeah, he is. And by the end of it, he gets, he gets much more buff and, and I'm not going to, it's a spoil. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I, I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and the last one is from uh, Emily Michelle. Uh, with her short film, uh, Retaliation, uh, with music and sound made by uh, Aaron Jagger and Frederick uh, Hooray, uh, by the way. Uh, it's a story about a monster that lives in a cave-like uh, pit, and he's taunted and abused by uh, the local inhabitants. Uh, and as the, the monster figures out a clever way to uh, make them regret their abuse, and <laughs> let me show you a couple of still images from that. 
here's the uh, here's the pit a view from the pit, and it's just I, I really like the the lighting of this this piece, and a lot of attention to detail was was paid not only in the materials that they chose, uh, specifically some of these. Uh, Rendering up here on the, on the you know, subsurface scattering on the leaves up here, but the you know, the lens flare is just very soft and beautiful. It's very, you know, non-threatening. You know, most lens flares are, are you know, get in your face and they're 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 pretty nasty. Uh, not to my liking. And, yeah, and sun aura is really, really it, it, nice. Exactly, exactly. And so and the sun is is bearing down here. Here's the creature inside the cave. Just a beautiful creature design. I mean, they, they took a lot of attention to the eyes, a lot of attention to the scaling, a lot of attention like a baby to the dragon. It, it really is. It really is. And here's a full scale shot of just the detail that they took to to, to produce that. I mean, it's like a, it's like a dog dragon, right? Right. Somewhat. But but uh, it's got a nice little twist at the end. So I would I would recommend uh, giving that a a, uh, a watch. A, yeah. A watch. Absolutely. Well, it's great. Great. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again for uh, being with us to, for the podcast today, and and thanks again, Brad, for asking us uh, the question: What's the difference between practical effects and digital effects? We really hope you uh, gain some insights and enjoy as much as we did. Uh, we also discussed what practical and digital effects are defined, and, and you learn a little bit of the history and background about it. Uh, we also discussed some of their differences, as well as a couple pros and cons of each. We could have gone more into each one, as well as you know which ones are used on uh, for which reason. Uh, Absolutely. We could have, exactly. There's, there's several podcasts worth of material here we could have deviated from, but you know, we'd like to ask that you share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed it. And uh, if you found it valuable and we, we do one of these podcasts uh, called the CG insider podcast right here every week at the same time uh, on our YouTube channel. And we talk about different subjects related to the business and the art and the craft of CGI animation and digital effects. So um, we also talk about things uh, that are uh, interesting as well uh, that don't have to do with uh CGI and digital effects so that you guys bring to our attention, but, um, you know, keep them coming. And, and, and if you have a question for us or a subject you'd like the CG bros to cover in one of our podcasts, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube, just leave us a comment below. Uh, if you're listening to us, uh, head on over to our website at the CG bros.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, leave us a comment up there under, under, uh, uh ask us anything. Um, you know, we hope that you stay uh, uh, tuned uh, for us for next week's podcast when we uh, discuss uh, what, what the difference is between. Um, oh, what is next week's podcast, Sean? Uh, next week is. Uh, oh my gosh, what is next week's? Let's see. Let's let's pause for a second for for. Uh, oh, where can I find the best free three D models and resources? That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Join us pause. for that one. Pause. And then we can. Okay, go ahead, Sean. Okay. All right. Um, is, uh, so go ahead and read the. Do you have a question for us? Ready? Three, two, one. one. Okay. Do you have a question for us or a subject you'd like the CG Bros to cover in one of our podcasts? If you're watching us on YouTube, simply leave us a comment below. And if you're listening to us, head on over to our website at thecgbros.com and up to the About Us menu and uh, leave your question or comment there. Um, I hope you stay tuned uh, for our next podcast. Uh, at least join us next week. We, we'd appreciate that. Where we're going to be talking about uh, where can I find the best free 3D models and resources. That's going to be a great one. So I'll see you next time and take care. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question, what's the difference between practical effects and digital effects? Thanks for being with us. 
If you're watching us on YouTube, please give us a like, leave a comment, and share the video with your friends on social media. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they can listen to the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, where can I find the best free 3D models and resources? This has been episode 2136 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.